daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today, it is September 20th. 2021. It is a Monday. Hope everybody is doing really well. A uh, couple notes here before we get into things. Obviously, a full weekend of Big 12 football to talk about. Uh, but first, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LO Big 12. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can see it on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're not watching on YouTube, uh, please subscribe. Or even, even if you are, you're not subscribed yet, please Subscribe to Locked On Big 12. Give the video a thumbs up and always comment too because uh, I do appreciate your all's comments and they also give me some show content, some things to think about too. So your all's comments are always appreciated. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you guys go find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify so you guys can listen if you're not able to watch the show here on YouTube. But I encourage you guys to follow the show in all those ways. YouTube's a lot of fun. Obviously, we mix in the graphics, things like that. Uh, so it's you know kind of a cool wrinkle, and it's newer here as we get into the football season. All right, Big 12 games to talk about today's is a Monday recap show, so we'll cover all those. Then also look at the Big 12 uh, teams that have made the AP Top 25. And we start this weekend's recap, and we look at the uh, Oklahoma game first. But kind of a couple things here. Number one, uh, the most in-depth analysis of this game can be found at Locked On Sooners. John Williams over there has you covered all things OU all the time. He will have an in-depth breakdown. This one obviously going to be a bit quicker here because of the whole conference to cover, but also more comprehensive analysis over there, especially from an Oklahoma perspective. Uh, I'll cover it more of the Big 12 perspective, but from the Oklahoma perspective, make sure you guys go check out John Williams' over there at Locked On Sooners for more. And to get into this game, it's Oklahoma 23, Nebraska 16. So with this game, obviously it's a win for Oklahoma, but a bit of a closer one than expected. Now, I was not able to watch this game live. I was in Morgantown for West Virginia and Virginia Tech. But going back and watching this game, obviously the big highlight is that uh, that interception that we saw from DJ Graham, and it really got everybody's attention. But um, it was a big play in this game because this game was a lot closer than we all expected it to be. Oklahoma's defense felt shaky at first, not great at getting off the field in, uh, you know, in some certain spots, but I thought they really did a lot better in that second half. And if you look at the Nebraska drives towards the back end of this game. I thought Oklahoma's defense was the story. Uh, you know, you think about the way they were able to kind of get down the field. Uh, Nebraska in the second half had a missed field goal. They had a touchdown, an interception after going 63 yards, uh, a touchdown, and then were turned over on down. So they were moving the ball a little bit there in the second half, but Oklahoma got the requisite stops when they needed them. And I know Nebraska only scored three first half points, but they were able to to move the ball some in that first half and didn't come up empty. And then second half, they started getting rhythm, started getting some points, but Oklahoma did not break to the point where it put them over the edge and in a bad spot. Oklahoma's issue, you look at this on the offensive side of things, their drives, they can't sustain offense is their issue. Touchdown in that first drive, it was great. They punted the next drive, missed a field goal, then punted again, and then it was the end of half after going 40 yards, not able to get anything out of that. Second half, touchdown, touchdown, follow that up, punt, punt. 
So Oklahoma, we're sometimes used to seeing them go on big runs. They think about Tulane game where they were inconsistent at first, but able to go on that big scoring spree, especially in that second quarter. Oklahoma's offense, it's fits and starts. And I know Spencer Rattler, you know, is is has struggled some and has not been the quarterback that we all thought he was going to be. Um, obviously, I think we all believe he still has it in him. Decision making, you know, has been iffy at times. And he didn't make any back-breaking decisions in this game for Oklahoma. But it didn't feel like he really was out there making a huge impact. 24 for 34 for 214. uh, And the game did run for a score. But did not feel like in the passing game they were really able to make a massive impact. This game for them was run with some solid ground play, some sustained drives that they were able to get. And um, Henry Brooks and Eric Gray both combined to go over 100 yards in this. So I thought offensively they're still trying to find things. And I'm not one of those people, you know, I saw, I forgot I was talking to this weekend, but mentioned, hey, Caleb Williams, should they, you know, should they throw him out there? Should we see any Caleb Williams? And, um, you know, I know it's been talked about. I would say yes, but I would use Caleb Williams in the way that potentially uh, Florida used Emory Jones last year with Kyle Trask. I think that would be an interesting wrinkle if they could throw him out there in that capacity. So maybe just to give a different look, different element, uh, not, not always a full drive, but certain spots, I think he could add it, and we all know he can throw. So obviously I, I think it's really important when you bring a guy in that spot that you don't just run the football. Um, you throw some too, but really bring him in in some certain situations. And I also think in the running game, right, because we've talked about their, their lack of depth as we head towards conference play, maybe adding the extra element in the running game of Caleb Williams could help them. But Oklahoma – holds on to get a win. Um, you know, once again, this was a close game, nip and tuck the entire way, 7-3 and a half. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a six-point game going into the fourth quarter, and both teams, you know, were even in that fourth, and Oklahoma uh, was able to hold on in this game. But a good result in terms of it, getting a win, I would say expectations, uh, and in a game that I think Oklahoma fans really wanted to roll Nebraska – not as good. Adrian Martinez had a nice day, but, um, you know, he did get a couple of big pass plays for him. Um, but, uh, yeah, Oklahoma's defense, this was kind of the better version of, I think, what we thought we'd see. Not perfect in a lot of respects, but but better. So Oklahoma's still top dog in the conference. They're still winning games. They'll get a nice test next, next week at home with West Virginia. They're kind of on this really nice trajectory right now. They had Tulane, obviously. They had Nebraska, so you're getting these power conference teams. You're getting West Virginia at home, and then you have that obviously huge trip you're getting to Kansas State. So uh, Oklahoma gets a win. More coverage of that. Go over to Locked On Sooners. All right, next game. This one we go to another Oklahoma team, opposite side of the spectrum in terms of time. This game was the, uh, the late game, or the other late game, I guess you could say. Iowa State and UNLV was the late, late game. But uh, 21-20, Oklahoma State beats Boise State. Now, I have in my notes here, by hook or by crook, Oklahoma State is 3-0, and that's going to be, it feels like their MO, it's been their MO so far this season. Questionable officiating, yes, in the last two games, sure, there has been some. Bad play calling, bad passing game, horrible offense, yes, they've had all those things. Um, Three wins, they have that too. Last three games, guys, once again, all wins. They've won by a total of 11 points. That's against Missouri State. That's against Tulsa on the road against 
Boise State. The, the passing game just not is just not working for them. Spencer Sanders doesn't look comfortable. The offensive line's not very good. The wide receivers aren't getting much separation. It's really a combination of things for Oklahoma State right now. And also, I forgot to mention this too. Uh, if you guys want full in-depth coverage this game, Locked On Pokes, Linda Godfrey has you covered, especially from that Oklahoma State perspective. But Oklahoma State goes in there, gets a win. They were down twenty to seven, down twenty to seven with like a minute and a half left in that in the first half. They went into halftime up 21-20. That is where the score held. It was a bad football game. The second half was not very good. Oklahoma State's run defense was the huge difference uh, this entire game. They really made uh, Boise one-dimensional and shut down their offense completely, uh, Boise's offense completely in that second half. And also, you know, I, I know it. I know Jalen Warren ended up having that fumble in the end of the game. Uh, I know that was, was not a great moment for him. I believe it was him uh, who fumbled. He runs for 218 yards and two touchdowns. He was the horse. He looked this like it was really impressive to watch him run. Just the way he was getting downhill, he looked explosive, and he looked like he was running hard. It was it was just it was fantastic to watch. I mean, he's a not a really tall dude, but he's big. He's five eight, two fifteen. So for Jalen Warren to have this breakout game, this that's what this was, a breakout game. There's six carries against uh, Missouri State, 14 carries against Tulsa for 37 yards, so a, a tough outing there. But then you go ahead this game, 32 carries, 218, 6.8 yards per carry on the ground. Uh, you know, fumbled once in this game and, and did lose it. Uh, but, but yeah, because of the, obviously the, the, where they spotted the ball. Um, but, yeah, it was a scoop. So the scoop and score, I guess we'll get to that now. Scoop and score late in the game that should – I thought it was close. I'm not sure you could see his knee was down with the backside, but Oklahoma State survives nonetheless. And Boise got the ball there at the spot. It was a scoop of a score. They said the play was dead. They gave Boise the ball there. Oklahoma State's defense gets a stop, and the game is over. And uh, so Oklahoma State's defense, once again, called on time and time again to get it done. They've responded all year. Can they carry this forward into Big 12 play? I don't know. This is a really interesting matchup coming this week against Kansas State. Uh, but for them, you know, once again, Oklahoma State's 3-0, and by hook or by crook, they've got there. They'll be favored this week, and Mike Gundy's team, uh, as they head into conference play, holds that perfect record, although it feels like it's been a lot of really imperfect play for the Cowboys so far this season. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will uh, go on to the extra games at first. We're going to hear a word here from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Pick, Prize Picks. It is the best way to get all of your kind of fantasy sports college needs, player props. They've got touchdown passes, uh, passing yards, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, all of those things you can find at Prize Picks. If you deposit $100 right now, they'll match that deposit today. Or if you deposit $50, they will throw another $50 in there too. Up to They'll match 100% of your first deposit up to $100 Prize Picks is fantasy football or fantasy sports really the way that it is meant to be played. It's also, they've got lightning fast withdrawals as well too. Uh, they've got a great guide on their website for how to play at prize picks. If you have any questions, you can email Jordan gold at Jordan at prizepicks.com. All right, let's move on to the next round of games here. We're going to discuss, I was at this one, West Virginia and Virginia tech. West Virginia gets it done 27 to 21 over the 15th ranked Hokies, the black diamond trophy over after over 6,000 days of not residing uh, with the Mountaineers. It is back now. 
I was wondering how the atmosphere was going to be in Morgantown, considering it's a noon kick. And also going there and talking to a lot of, and I've got friends who are actually still in, still in school there, just graduated, talking to them, a lot of them don't really, aren't really familiar with the Virginia Tech, Virginia, uh, West Virginia rivalry. And as somebody who grew up cheering for Virginia Tech, very familiar with it. But for kids who are, you know, for younger people, they don't remember this rivalry. This, this, this rivalry was, was kind of discontinued um, after 2005, 2006, and wasn't played until 2017. Again, that game was played at FedEx Field. So for this game to happen in Morgantown, I was kind of wondering the atmosphere. It felt like a huge game. West Virginia fans showed out. It was an excellent atmosphere. Uh, they were hostile. It was, it was a lot of fun to even go in there. Uh, we remember Virginia Tech stuff. Um, their offense came out and was gangbusters for the first two drives. Letty Brown was phenomenal. He hit the, uh, the, the huge uh, touchdown run early on. Great blocking, by the way. On that play, Jared Dagey uh, has a nice throw to the end zone. The second drive makes it 14-0. A bad bad coverage there from Tech, but a great back throw, uh, back shoulder throw to Bryce Ford Wheaton. Then things really stalled. Uh, they averaged 3.6 yards per play in the second half. Dagey almost cost his team twice. He fumbled um, at the 50-yard line in the, in the second half in the, in the, I think it was fourth, yeah, fourth quarter. Tech does not score on that drive. West Virginia's defense holds uh, in and around the goal line. Then he has a terrible, terrible interception uh, that he throws. And um, at that point, you know, you're you're thinking, oh, my God, Virginia Tech's going to sneak back. They're going to win this game. They run it. Virginia Tech is on the five-yard line, four-yard line. They run a jet sweep for some really strange reason, for reasons that I, I still don't completely understand. Virginia Tech runs this jet sweep. It does not work in any way, shape, or form, and uh, that allowed West Virginia to go on and on fourth down get a stop. So uh, once again, by Hooker, by Crook getting there, but this is a game that they could have held on to, they, uh, and they did. The defense was phenomenal. Six sacks in this game, three from Jared Bartlett, so they end up getting a great performance. You know, we used to talk about uh, Stills and Mesidor on the defensive line. It was Bartlett today, uh, on Saturday rather, who got it done for them? So West Virginia, some much needed confidence, but still, I think if you're a West Virginia fan, you're you're glad about the victory, but you still feel like that offense is pretty limited. And um, I think Oklahoma is going to make that focus clearly on Letty Brown in the running game. I mean, he had a phenomenal game, and it, but it feels like if you can stop them, uh, you're not going to get two great halves from Jared Dagey. And how often can you rely on that defense? I think that's the big story right now from a lot of the. Big 12 that we're seeing is West Virginia is asking their defense to, to get them out of big spots. Um, Oklahoma State is asking their defense to get them out of a lot of really big spots. Oklahoma is asking their defense to get them out of a bunch of big spots. Iowa State against Iowa asked their, and UNI asked their defense to get them out of a lot of big spots uh, because of the way that their offense was playing. And so this team needs to improve that offense. They need to improve those offensive weapons and be able to play a full 60 minutes where they put pressure on because – uh, at halftime, I believe they, I don't think they scored in the second half. Um, they had 27 points going into the half, and they ended the game uh, with 27 points as well. They were not able to generate much offense. So I think for West Virginia moving forward, that's important. But look, this is a huge win, first top 15 win for West Virginia in a couple of years. Uh, uh, West Virginia had three points in the second half. So this is you know top 10 win for them, uh, top 15 win for them in the first few years. A huge statement for West Virginia in this game and a kind of good to get themselves on the right path as they head into conference play. But this little stretch they have here is a difficult one having to go against Virginia tech 
uh, and then having to go to Oklahoma in the next game. But I think that's kind of good preparing you, you know, for what's going to be a uh, that that run in the Big Twelve Conference is not an easy one. So this is a huge win for them once again. They get to two and one on the season statement win. That, you know that Maryland game. I'm sure fans feel like that they. They really wish they could have won that one because they'd be in a really good spot heading into this Oklahoma game. But once again, that offensive offensive inconsistency hurt them. Um, but they're part of this middle class that I think is playing really well. And this is a this is a point that we're going to touch on as we move throughout the week. That this the middle class in this conference is really strong. And we another example of this was Kansas State thirty eight, uh, Nevada seventeen. Nevada obviously boasts Carson Strong. He came in there, and uh, just a side note. There were a few throws in this game where I think people saw, oh, my God, uh, that's that's where this guy's coming from. Okay, this kid's got a hose for an arm. Um, not super athletic, move around a little bit, can fit the ball in tight windows, did make a couple mistakes. But, yeah, he was he was pretty fun to watch. Will Howard, though, we got to give this guy his flowers, was really strong in this game, took care of the football, uh, did not make any of those mistakes that I thought he might make, ran the ball well. And for Kansas State, they have – run the football very well. They have defended the run very well. In the three games they've played this year, they've given up a total of a – they're under, I think, uh, like around 160 yards is what they've given up the entire season. They stopped the run well against against Stanford. Uh, 100 total yards for SIU, but it wasn't like a, a really convincing performance for SIU um, in the way, way in which they did it. So um, – They've stopped the run really well, and and Deuce Vaughn has gone over 100 in all of his games. He's got five touchdowns on the ground. I I I didn't know this guy had this gear in him uh, consistently. I mean, because he's not a huge guy. We knew you know we knew he was good for these big games. The fact that teams know he's the best offensive weapon on the other team, and he is gashing teams like this on a consistent basis. And now he has not played the highest level of competition, but still, you know, you're playing against a uh, you know. A good Stanford team. SIU is actually a pretty good FCS team. And then Nevada, who is a decent team as well. And you're able to gash all of them for 100-plus yards in all of those games. I think we really have to give Deuce Vaughn a lot of credit. I mean, so far, he is the conference player of the year, right? He's been the best player in the conference, at least on the offensive side of the ball so far. This game was tied in the third quarter, and Kansas State pulled away once again with, with quality drives and timely defense. That was a recipe for them this week. Baylor, 45, Kansas 7. On the Kansas side of things first, this is the second week in a row that they've actually gotten blown out, but it's been a one-score game in the third quarter. This was 14-7 to seven, uh, at halftime, and they were able to hang in there. So Lance Leipold, clearly, they've got a win. They were competitive in the in a half last week, competitive in a half this week. Obviously, this is going to be a baby steps process. This is going to be a situation for Lance Leipold where it's going to take that time. We've been preaching it over and over again. I think Kansas fans are plenty willing to give him time. So once again, let's be patient. Let's see how things play out. But that, uh, you know, first half looked good. Second half, Baylor absolutely torched them on the ground. By the way, KU is minus 46 in the second half games this year. It's tough. Um, they, pushed, they pushed KU around up front, Baylor did. And it's going to be playing defense and running the football. That is their calling card. They ran um, – every, and everybody got in on this act. I mean – uh, they got Abram Smith in the act, Ebner got in the act, Bahannon got in the act. I mean, all of these guys ran the football incredibly well this week for the Baylor Bears, who, look, we expected them to be 3-0, but we should give them some credit for getting to 3-0. Now, the challenges come fast and furious. They've got, 
Iowa State this week at home, 3.30 on Fox. They go to Oklahoma State the following week. They are home for West Virginia. Uh, they go, they've got three games straight home games where it's West Virginia, BYU, and Texas. They have a really, their schedule sets up really horribly for them. I feel bad. But 3 0 right now is definite progress. They've scored 29, 66, and 40, uh, 45, rather. So I know that, you know, the opponents, once again, are very good, but that's progress. This week, they ran for over 300 yards and four touchdowns. Gary Bohannon was 19 of 23 for 269 and two scores through the air. This is a nice pace performance. Second half, they came out and punched them in the mouth, and they get this when they get to 3 0. So Baylor, kind of part of that middle class, potentially. Uh, maybe the back end of it because this stretch can come up is, is pretty tough, but a good win for them. All right, let's take one more break before we round out the games that we've got. Today's show is brought to you by Sweatblock. Now, I guys, I was I messed up. I could have used Sweatblock this weekend. I'm sunburned. It was rough out there. It was it was 80 some degrees. It was really sunny. Uh, but Sweatblock will help you deal with whatever kind of situation you're in. Sweatblock wipes have been tested by firefighters in the Rachel Ray show. They've got over 13,000 reviews on Amazon. Or they're a bestseller there. Um, and right now, you can get Sweatblock wipes for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on. You can also get them at Amazon or CVS. If you or someone you know is dealing with this problem, you know, constant sweating, uh, go try Sweatblock wipes. Cheap. Once again, you can use the promo code um, locked on, L O C K E D O N at sweatblock.com to get that 20% off there or find them at Amazon or CVS. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. They also have their Built Go. They have their Built Boost. Plenty of products at built.com. It's built.com. All the protein bars they have uh, are low calorie, low carb, low sugar, and they got protein for you. So whether it's in the morning, if you want it before a workout, after a workout, as a snack, as dessert. It's good for any situation, really, Built Bar is. Go to Built.com today. That's Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. It's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's clean up the rest of these games here. We've got Texas 58, Rice 0. They ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and ran on a bad rice team. Casey Thompson looked fine, but this is not a game that we can really fairly assess and judge what happened. But Bijan Robinson, three touchdowns over hundred yards on the ground. Roshan Johnson goes for over hundred yards on the ground. He gets in the end zone as well. This was a paced rushing attack from Texas. They did it all game long. Once again, this game didn't tell us a ton because rice is an inferior opponent, but they beat up rice. And I actually think maybe it, it does in the sense of the, the, the two games where we've seen them not necessarily have the – when it felt like the physicality might not be equal, Texas has pushed the other team around. Right? They pushed ULL around. They pushed Rice around. Arkansas pushed them around a little bit. But we have seen that kind of when it's lower, Texas is going to take care of business. When things are a bit closer to even, they've only played one game, so we'll have to see. But sets up a big matchup this week with Texas Tech. Uh, and, you know, we got a huge slate of games coming up in the big 12 this week. So I'm fired up for that, but yeah, good result for Texas back on track. But we all know this was going to happen. All right. We've also got Texas tech 54 FIU 21 Tyler Shuck, four touchdowns in this game through three in the second quarter, getting them to three and zero after their uh, rough, rough game last week against Stephen F. Austin did not shut the door very well, but they were able to get 
to three and zero. And I know their schedule has been uh, pretty easy, considering the fact that they have the toughest game was Houston. And they have these two as well. Both of these were at home, but they win by thirty three points. So you like that result for them. And then finally, back on track are the Iowa State Cyclones. Forty eight to three win for them over UNLV, the number fourteen ranked team in the country. Brock Purdy was strong in this game. Brees Hall got back on track. And so uh, if Brock Purdy can carry that level of pl- level play he had forward, we're, uh, you know they're going to be in good shape, and then we'll kind of go from there. But stiff test coming up this week. They played Baylor, and we know how the – you know Baylor was kind of the ultimate Brock Purdy game last year. First half, horrible. Second half, great. And so that's going to be a huge measuring stick for him. And I'm really excited as we look forward to see you know what we're going to actually see from Brock Purdy. And I think it's a great test for this Iowa state offense to go up against what's a very good, well-coached Dave Aranda defense. What else do we have to talk about here? Well, the rankings AP poll came out yesterday and there are a few big teams, big 12 teams in the rankings. Oklahoma's down at number four after their rough performance. Oregon slides up to number three. Iowa state holds steady at number 14, jumping into the rankings, the third big 12 team ranked. It is Kansas State at 3-0. They are number 25 in the country right now. TCU, Oklahoma State, uh, Texas, and West Virginia are all receiving votes. So three teams are ranked in the Big 12 Conference, and four teams are receiving votes. TCU is the team that's receiving the most votes uh, out of any team. So they're 91 votes. So they're actually, you know, if they want to rank them, they're 26th. Oklahoma State is right there um, at 51, so they're they're actually the there's a fourth or fifth team outside of it, and then also you have a uh, you have oh, Texas Tech's got five, so five Big 12 teams uh, are receiving votes as well. TCU, Oklahoma State, Texas, West Virginia, and Texas Tech. All five of those teams are receiving votes. So this is a strong conference, and once again, this gets to something that I'm going to talk about as we move forward, and we're going to this uh, we're going to discuss is this really strong middle class. I want to get into that tomorrow when we do our Big 12 Power Rankings. Once again, once again, make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You can follow me at JoshNeighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.